In this explosive conclusion of the Indian Hills series, we find Mike, Tracy, Drababan, BT, and the entire crew of the now-destroyed USS Guardian hurling through space, head-on into their destiny. But will it be the one they seek, or the destruction of all they know and have ever known? In Indian Hill Book 7, Defeat Victory, this is the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. So, okay. Um, I got my notes again. So we are all familiar with book seven. Very, very sad. Mm-hmm. So they're all on the, the, the ship and they're in the buckle and they're heading back toward the, the mother planet to the Progerian uh, planet. I can't remember what was the name. I can't remember the name of it. And this is too small for me to try and try and read. Aridinia. Aridinia. Thank you very much. And um, they're all trying to figure out how they're going to get out of this. And it's, it's total chaos on the ship because you got all of them. The, the, the band's back together. You got Mike, Paul, D, B, T, Tracy, a crew of about 500 humans, shitload of Genos. I actually wrote shitload of Genos. Uh, and it's a two-year it's a two-year journey. They're heading out to Aridinia, and it's like, okay, do we coexist? Do it? Do we? Do we? Do we do like a happy days? And do we draw a line down the middle of the row of the ship? And you guys stay on your side, we stay on our side. How, how do we all coexist and live together? And they just they don't. Um, yeah. I think that's kind of the the the, the first dilemma is how do you live on a ship for two years with somebody knowing a, when you get there to the home planet, you're going to be enslaved, probably eaten, killed, poked, prodded or whatever. And on the genos, the the progerian side, how do you live with humans who have basically taken over the ship and are doing a better job and kicking your butt when you're the, all-knowing, all-powerful progerians, and you know everything, and they're just the puny humans, but they've kicked your butt every single step of the way. Go. (laughs) Teenage angst. Let me see. Let me tell you something. I didn't talk to my parents for like four years after I turned 16. So Mm. you be a teenager, you got it fucking figured out, dude. You you don't have to talk to anybody when you're angry as a teenager. Hey, I'm a teenager, and uh, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) i before today i haven't talked to my parents in like five days there you go nate what's uh something something for your your microphone it's hard you're kind of muffled buddy uh i don't know all right that's just a a teenager thing where you're just you're mumbling and we can't understand you i think so all right Nope, that sounded clear. You were just the, your response, the teenage thing about not talking to your parents for five days. We all heard it because we're parents and we have bad ears, <laughs> but it was just kind of muffled a little bit. So don't put that bad juju on me. I'm not a parent. Yeah. <laughs> scared the shit out of me. I'm like, no, the fuck, I'm not. <laughs> Mark said, so there's no possibility of it happening. Yeah, that's the big surprise at the end. Uh, <laughs> but i i think it's pretty i think it i think it's pretty awesome because like i think at the end of the day like you still know that they're not cold-blooded killers because at the end of the day like the humans could just go like fucking 
just crazy and just like kill everybody on there that's like not on their team and they could just like go bananas and take over the ship go back to the home planet and do what they got to do but the progerians are consistently just looking out for themselves and they're like i don't care i'll sacrifice every gino on here to make sure that i at least make it back to my home planet and hopefully i'm just like degraded in the society and not killed like that's like the progerians like mindset the entire time right so it's it's like you knew it wasn't going to work like it's not it, it wasn't going to work for them to just be separated on different levels of the shit so it was just like when is the action going to happen? Because you know you're not going to, you're not going to, you can't, I'm surprised they even lasted that long without any killing after they made that agreement. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the whole, you know, can't we all just get along type of mentality. It's everybody wants, it's everybody wants to kill everybody and they're all in the same ship. So it's, and it's a huge ass ship. It's the size of uh, Texas, I believe he said it was, or a small state or something. Damn. I know it's big. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty big it's ship. It's so hard to like imagine that too. A ship it really big. is. <laughs> yeah, like get a actual like feeling of being in something that size, I guess. And it not being a state. <laughs> like what? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I picture it in my head, I always picture like the hallways and stuff from like Star Wars or something. That's what yeah. I picture. But with Everlands, our only reference is, you know, especially Star Wars. The fan Marcos. Yeah, and I was gonna say that too. Plus, we get the whole uh, you know Star Wars type of mentality with 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 Mark. So, I Carol, I like your backdrop. Oh, thanks. It was easily available on Zoom. That was it. There you go. <laughs> Love that. And summer, no, uh, no, dead alligator carcasses or anything like that in the background today. Oh, I'm in my camper. I got kind of kicked out of the house because ah. there's stuff going on. You're the second person to do this from a camper that got kicked out of the house. <laughs> so they don't understand us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and. Uh, <laughs> right, what do I got here? I got Mike. Mike being Mike tells them where to stick their plan and gives them one hour to surrender to them. So mm. Mike is trying to give the Genos, or they keep saying the Genos, the Progerians mm. options. Like, here's what we're going to do. And the Progerians are, nope, you're going to bend over and you're going to take it and you're going to surrender to us. Mm -hmm. And I think this, this is the first time I re-listened to this since I first read it or listen to it, I should say. I was going to say listen or read, whatever. Um, I think in two years since I first did it, I've re-listened to books one through four a couple of times, and then Mark would release something else, or, you know, shiny red ball, a squirrel would run by, and I'd go listen <laughs> to something else or find something else. Uh, so it's the first time I really came back to it. And this one kind of, it really stuck with me when remembering the the story of it and what happened, because there's so much that happens. Um, if you haven't read this book, we're going to spoil the shit out of it. Three, uh -huh. two, one, Paul dies. Okay. <laughs> we all wish it was Beth. We we're all sad when it happened, but were we, were we though? He was like, coming back around. I cried. <laughs> hey, I cried at his death like three times. I'm not gonna lie. I've re-listened to this book like probably five times and that part made me cry like two or three times it's so sad 
Good for you, sir. Show your emotions. But as a woman, I was like, yeah, you took way too long to come back to my side, bro. Like, it's, 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 <laughs> it's way too long. Like, use I can't. You, I use. It, it, it you just, try to kill was, me, there's no coming back from that. Like, right. His funeral was super like, like, that's what I, got me. I agree with that. Yeah. But it was just, it was like, come on, bro. Like you try to kill me. You try to, I don't even, he tried to kill him multiple times. And then he tried to kill my wife or for my son, like kill my best friend. Like, what are we doing? I get it. Like, come on, bro. He, he just took too long. Like the time frame of the books, like I don't know how quick. Like I, I didn't get like an actual time. Like if this all happened within like three, four years or whatever, but that's just too long, my guy. Like you should have got over yourself a little mm. bit faster. I don't know. I think he redeemed himself. I mean, I, he sacrificed his life for Mike, all for Mike. I think at the end. I mean, he he was a huge asshole, but at the end, he he redeemed himself. I think. Yep. So nobody piss off Amber. That's the uh, the message <laughs> of this whole spiel here. Piss me off, but redeem yourself a little faster, sir. Yeah. Like, you, you, you're literally controlling and Nate is still like, young. <laughs> he hasn't been jaded by life that, that much yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I 100% back Amber. 100%. He should have came around. Yeah, yeah. No. I'm too old for that. I can't, I can't wait around for friendships to renew renew themselves. Yeah. Bro, come on, we're, in a, we're in a war right now. Like I need to trust everybody. Mm-hmm. Like you're taking too long. You're taking too long. <laughs> yeah. See, I got friends that you know we've we've broken up several times over just stupid fights and bickering shit. And then it's you know the next you don't talk for two or three years, and then you come back around and you're best friends again. And I I get where Paul, I get where Mike came from, where he was forgiving Paul, and they started, you know they sat down and they were just talking about everything and reminiscing about the old days and going back to Indian Hill. And I wish we could do this. And Paul saying that he's going to rebuild the Hill, but put houses on it, which I think, I think Indian Hill was already a housing development when Mark wrote that. And I think that was his way of coming to terms with his childhood uh, being torn down and being turned into townhouses or you know mm. cookie cutter houses all all like mm. that which i kind of thought was funny because i had literally just driven through that area because my route on fridays is in i drive through walpole so i took a ride through i don't know if anybody's seen the video i did a drive-through did. video yeah. of indian mm-hmm. hill to the stop and shop and everything else and i'm like wait there's some land over there mark you should you should mm-hmm. you should build a house and that would be mm-hmm. ironic you know mm-hmm. He's like, I cried when I watched that video. That's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> but but they came around. They became friends again. And I think that was good for Mike. It kind of closure that they yeah. had that. You know, mm-hmm. it was that we didn't, don't go to bed angry. You know, the kind of the keys of marriage. Don't go to bed <laughs> angry and don't say anything you're going to regret later. So two things that I have done probably throughout do my we know, life. Do we know the timeline? I mean year wise I, I i probably can look this up a lot quicker than anybody else because i'm you know dumb but um the uh do we know the timeline on when he killed paul in both stories because like maybe he was like i fucking hate this guy so i'm gonna get him eaten by cats in one story and then the other one i'm gonna like i'm gonna like we're gonna make up and be fine so is it like uh you know well i hope he listens to this book if we do make up but if we never make up i really hope he listens to this book do you think like that was the even yeah, I don't know when the, what the timeline is on all of that. That's a good question, though. It would be interesting. Did he say on the first podcast, him and his real life Paul had issues when he uh, oh yeah in books? Yeah, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
So I'd have been I'd have so, been pissed if my friend wrote me out that I got eaten by cats. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, damn. Any other way? Like, shit. Hey, it's better than how cash went out. How who went out? Yeah. Cash. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 I really feel sorry for cash. 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 So you notice though. In this book, or Cash, no yeah, hang on a second. Who uh, I'm drawing a blank on who the hell Cash is. It's, it's from it's the zombie guy, Fallout series. It's oh, the guy, oh. the tweaker that was about to get with April. Oh, second. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, I'm like, who the hell is Cash in Indian Hill? <laughs> you book skipping, Nate. Don't do that. <laughs> Sorry, Summer. Go ahead. What were we gonna say? I was just gonna say, you know multiple times throughout this series uh mike throws into paul's face remember i saved your life after you know every time paul tries to kill him or his wife does that but then, yeah but this 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 book they um went over where paul saved his life remember he tried to commit suicide as a youth right in the cabin in indian hill that's right mm-hmm. yeah so, but that was paul, kind of a deep moment there and Paul never threw yeah, that I wasn't expecting that. Like that. No, but which was interesting that Mike is, you know, shows that Mike's human. It's not just Mike, you know, telling Paul, I saved you, I saved you, I saved you <laughs> in the last act. It's remember the time you saved me. And I think that's that that kind of Mike's speech at Paul's funeral was was awesome. I was thinking Mark was going to throw in the whole um well, that's just about uh, not not all that about another funeral, but I'll talk to well. Three, two, one. D dies in this book too. Not happy about that. Okay. Nobody cares. I've cried <laughs> twice reading a book. D and Dobby. Okay. I cried when Dobby died <laughs> and Harry Potter, <laughs> and I cried when D died. His <laughs> death was insane. His funeral and his actual death is so sad. One of the parts that always gets me is when Mark, when Mike is going through it, and he always he says, um, "There is one part during the fight where he replays it over in his head, like every night, where he thinks he could have saved D." There's mm-hmm. like five seconds where like one of the guards wasn't lo- looking at BT and he could have saved him. He's got that hero complex where he has to try and save everybody and he doesn't. And he just continuously have has nightmares about it. But it was in D's funeral that I was expecting Mark to write in like the wrath of Khan type of thing where Spock dies at the end and say he was more the most like something like he was the most human that I've ever known, or he was more human than anyone I've ever known when Kirk is saying that about Spock as he's being shipped out of the vessel because, you know, Spock was an alien, but indeed was an alien, but he didn't because Mark's more of a Star Trek, Star Wars guy than a Star Trek guy. So, but that would have been fun. (laughs) But yeah, I show of hands who, 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 who shed a tear a little bit when D when you, you read that D passed. All day, all day. Such yeah. a heroic, oh, yeah. such a heroic death. Mm-hmm. Each time, I, even after re-listening to it, you know it's coming. It's still just ugly tears. Yep. When his yeah. last words were, um, "Tell my godson I love him." Yeah. Oh, uh, dude, thanks for bringing that shit up, Nate. That was awesome. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
but I feel like D died the way that he would have wanted to die, like in a grand battle, like defending his friends and the people he cares about. Like that, I mean, that to be all day. Like mm-hmm. it's, I, I think it was the perfect way for him to die. I really wasn't expecting him to die. Um, <laughs> I really wasn't. Same. I was devastated. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was like, I don't even want to listen to the to the rest of it. My first time. I was like, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I had my uh, I did. my, my Annie Wilkes misery you cockadoody moment <laughs> when I read that part. It's like no, he kills like he's going big on this one. Mm-hmm. But you do find out that technically they're both not dead because of the timeline skipping, which happens at the end. So was very happy because I was waiting for that because Paul came back. When they when they end up going back mm-hmm. to Earth, I mean we're, we're skipping around here, of course, but end up going back to Earth. But there, it's a different timeline. So, uh, because we all know how time travel works from movies in real life, that they created, they came out of the buckle into an alternate reality because the guy that got was injecting himself with Striver Venom or Striver mm-hmm. Blood is now you know the most smartest man in the entire planet earth um it, it figures out that if they come out of the buckle a little bit earlier some kind of crazy technical shit that they're yeah. going to be in a different timeline and they're literally five years early ahead yeah five five years back in time from when yeah. the 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 pajarians left but when they mm-hmm. come out the pajarians know that they're there that part kind of confused me unless I just I didn't hear it correctly. Well, I'll say this really quick before we before we hop into that. Like, out of show of hands, who would have taken Striver blood? Like, if you would have just had a chance, like, who would have yeah. dabbled in it? I feel like I would have tried it. It like, was oh, Striver yeah. brain matter. It wasn't blood. It was brain oh, matter. Yeah, yeah okay. I'll pass yeah, yeah. on the brain. It was some kind of Striver shit, though. <laughs> it was Striver yeah, brain matter, supposedly. Out of mainline, that motherfucker like a brains. <laughs> Blood, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but really took it for the team because they wouldn't have accomplished any of that if he would have done that. They would have been done. Mike's the hero, but who's the real hero here? Peter Pender. (laughs) Peter Pender. It's Mad Jack. AKA Mad Jack. Yeah, I I think in this last story, he's like, okay, how do we cross reference everything into one story? Yeah, because again, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. I was like, wait a minute, that I was like, Matt Jack is about I fucking love this book. Like, this is great. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. the Yeti I gotta reference. Say, remember oh, sorry, the Yeti yeah. reference too with BT, mm-hmm. BT and Mike. I'm like, oh, yeah. random. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had um, that moment where I'm like, wait, 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 what did I just miss? Rewind 30 seconds. Rewind 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I really appreciated how they did it. Like, take it very, like, um, marked it and like, make it a long drawn out thing um figuring out that mad jack took like there's something up with mad jack like when the sergeant was like look this guy like he tried to like microwave ramen noodles still in the pack like there is something <laughs> not like i don't understand how he's doing these complex equations like something mm-hmm. is not adding up with this guy and it was like a quick conversation like he told him what it was and i think like i feel like paul just would have off them like in a heartbeat like now nah, we can't we're not trusting this but mark but mike is like okay so who started you on like right. what are we doing like there were some questions in it and it was like it actually helped them like just catapult their um 
their technology and everything that they're doing. So I, I like the fact that it wasn't like a long, drawn out 10 chapters in. And it's like, okay, you wore me down. I've been injecting myself with strawberry DNA. It's like, oh, okay, you did that in like 20 sentences. Great. Love that for you. Yeah. 21 of me, <laughs> him. See how interesting that is. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, the big thing, getting back to the whole D fight with, uh, with Harker is BT gets taken hostage and they go the 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 mutes want to fight mike and basically want to just destroy him and, and kill him and d steps in as mike's champion with the whole i was the, i'm the earth champion because i beat mike and now technically i'm living on earth and i let mike you know i was i would have destroyed mike and so d takes one for the team to protect Mike and BT where you had BT and, and D in the previous book were all at each other's throats and now they're best buddies. D mm-hmm. sacrifices himself for the two of them, mm-hmm. you know, which again is the most human thing, you know, is more human than human for any of that. Not that I think Mike wouldn't have done that for, for D or BT. I think Mike would gladly give his life up for any of his friends or family or for, you know, pretty much he does it anyway even for total strangers because he's out of his fucking mind racing yeah. in and, and you know and chasing after people to try to save just the most minute person in the whole story so but i like that part where i was i knew when he said and where's bt has anybody seen bt i i had that oh shit moment facts you know he's strung up somewhere mm-hmm. you know by his feet in his golden underwear you know speedo <laughs> hanging out and mm-hmm. the, the, the mutes are having their way with them and you know <laughs> poking and prodding them and stuff like that so yeah i feel like a and mute would be the only thing i could disable uh bt and actually kidnap him yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> i didn't really get a good picture of how big the mutes were until that part where he had to like size himself up and be like no i couldn't like he would destroy me and it was like wow that i i don't know it just hit me how big they actually are when BT says it about like, about drabobon no uh about the mutes, the mutes. Like, oh, okay like mike says like up against the mute what it's he's like at his kneecaps like yeah <laughs> so uh just size comparison wise uh it really kind of struck home like what he's been up against and i'm just it kind of made me reflect back of all the fights he's been in and i was mm-hmm. like damn all right i understand why you pissed yourself when you first saw it yep. <laughs> right pretty much so <laughs> so mike ends up they end up in some kind of a a, a holding area and Mike is holding an egg and the egg starts to glow and they don't know what the hell is in the egg. And Mm. I didn't know what the hell was in the egg. I completely forgot. And my mind went back to, I think it was Nate. You had said it about the Rhodesians in one of the stories. I was like, what the hell is this kid talking about Rhodesians? And then it it triggered my memory when the Rhodesian popped out. I'm like, Oh, the luck dragon from never (laughs) ending story. Yep. That's and then exactly Mike what said, I and then BT said, mm-hmm. you know, what are you doing with Falco? You know, <laughs> <laughs> which I, I was surprised Mike didn't know what didn't get didn't get the reference because Mike gets every reference, but he didn't get that one. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's a great movie. The sequel's a shit, but Never Ending oh, Story was a great movie. Maybe because Mike's life is a never ending story. Mike drop. Mm. <laughs> and Amber's out on a high note. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I took a nap before I came on, so I'm good. Oh, she was prepared. But, but no, I, I really, I thought that was like, uh, that literally my favorite part was when the Rhodesians came because I'm like, okay, D's dead, Paul's dead, Mike is distraught, and he's just like, and now we have another alien. So I'm like, how can you fit another alien source in the last book? Like, what mm-hmm. are we doing here? And then it's like, oh, complete allies. Love that. They said, they look, they sound like they're adorable. Seriously, I would probably try to Definitely ride one. Teeth, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're fifteen Agreed. feet long, but I mean, also like German shepherds have and pit bulls have really big teeth, and they're still adorable. Love yep. them to pieces. So I, I kind of, I kind of like, like a uh, uh, associated with that. But when they came out and like they just kind of told their story and their travels and their 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 pains and everything that went through, mm-hmm. and when they just showed their power and was like, "Yo, we're totally on your side. Like we got you." And then of yep. course, again. Mike is on the forefront trying to convince everybody that hey, they're on our they're on our side. They're here to help us. Hey, see these big really scary things? They're our friends now. <laughs> yeah. How cuddly they are. I'm sorry, Carol. What'd you say? I'm sorry, and they're really good for your mental health because basically that was his psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah. Every <laughs> night when he's up in the middle of the night having night terrors. Uh um, right. you know, the, the, I, I, I forget the uh what's the 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 name of it. No, I'm wrong. Oh, I have a written down. Is it Frost? Tabor. 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 Frost is from distance. Yes, that's where I knew that name from. I was thinking about doesn't I knew it in one of the stories, one of them pets the the pets. <laughs> some kind of like it's like a, a, a not a pet, but I thought it was the Rhodesians that somebody was petting like a cat and they loved it. Is that in distance? Might be. Okay, well, we'll find out in a couple of weeks when we do distance. So, but anyway, um, well, so the thing is, when D dies, though, Mike basically loses his shit, and he's like, "I'm done. I knew I should have known this whole time. Get all the mutes, round them up, get them dead." So he's mm-hmm. just done with every freaking alien. Yeah. So the fact that he opens these ve- the vessels or whatever you want to call it, and he's like, "Oh, sure, let's have another alien. Friend. They're great." <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought the moment when he um flushed out all the mutes was pretty crazy because he spent like books and like what seven books like going to bat for not the <laughs> mutes but for gina jerians and for aliens in general and mm-hmm. not like cold blood blooded murder. yeah but the mutes are not the same yeah I, I know that but i i just thought it was pretty crazy that at the end after d died d was really like his moral compass I'm, snap, I'm done right? with them. they don't they're not anything to me they're done and <laughs> Yeah, it was his Ferris Bueller's. This is where Cameron goes berserk moment. Mike just loses his shit, and he's like, "Round him up, get him in the 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 the, the docking bay or wherever it is, and we're gonna suck all you mother effers out into the void of space." Like, see you later. I'm done. Peace out. You know, I don't get any of your guys' references because you're young. You but you will. You should get all these references, Nate. <laughs> I get the Mark Tuchel references. They're very pop culture So Mark is kind of around our, not kind of, our, is around our age. So we have a lot of the same <laughs> 80s references of things like that. So doesn't it totally say something that we can have somebody my age and someone 
who I have shoes older than who <laughs> love and enjoy this Mark Tufo and, and the books he puts out. It's really great. Yeah. 18 year old shoe. Yep. Have you oh, graduated, honey, I got yet? Shoes have over you graduated yet, Nate? Or are you graduating this year? <laughs> uh, I graduated last year. Oh, you graduated last year? Nice. I've been working with Listenly since I was like uh, 12 or 13, 13, eighth grade. Damn, good for you. Can't remember. I listened to them with my teenage son in the car, and we started listening like five years ago. Yeah. I can't get anybody to to in my family to listen to anything. You know, I, I can't even get married to listen to a podcast. I finally got my husband to listen. Oh, you did? I did. Nice. We were in Florida on vacation. I'm like, here, have an earbud. You listen to one. You know, and we mm -hmm. just started. So I said, maybe you can join a podcast. He's like, nope, I draw the line there. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, I was He's told my people about this, and they were all calling me a nerd. Yeah. Oh, well, look he at them now. Well, we're all nerds here. Oh, yeah. darn nerd. Wow, it's terrible. That's what it's all about. <laughs> God, I wish I knew I've that. I've got to say. I, I, what doesn't surprise me to bring it back, what doesn't surprise me about Mike trusting the Rhodesians is that his whole character is based off of like going with his gut and his instinct and having that just kind of luck on his side when it comes to that stuff, like just knowing what to do. So it didn't surprise me that. Mm when in the way that the Rhodesian communicated with him telepathically, and he was able to not only speak, but feel emotions. Mm -hmm. At first I was like, wait a minute, is she projecting that on him? Or is that like, is, is that also his own feeling? So at first I wasn't sure, but I mean, I wasn't surprised in the end that they connected and obviously became allies. I really enjoyed that part. And uh, that really mm -hmm. is what makes makes Mike Mike. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think also just like, I think also on Mike's side, like when the Rhodesians, when they allowed them to go and uh, kill all the mutes and the Pajarians in that one section, like let the Rhodesians have some revenge in there. I think that just built trust for the humans and the Rhodesians. And again, if it wasn't for Mike's trust, they would have never had any type of impact on the Bajarian planet. Like, mm -hmm. what the, what were they really going to fucking do? Like, seriously. Yeah. And again, it's another thing where the Bajarians have screwed over another race that they feel that they're more superior than, and they ain't mm -hmm. at all. So. And genetically yeah, modified. Like, what they did, I thought was... I like that that was brought into the story because it shows that they've done that with the Genos making the mutes mm -hmm. and now with the Rhodesians. Mm -hmm. What were you going to say, Aaron? Oh, I was going to say they're the definitely foil opposites of the Strivers. You know what I mean? Like they don't try to impress upon the emotions and they're not like grotesque to look at. And like when you think about the Rhodesians, you're like, all right, that's that's pretty cool. If I were to meet an alien, that'd be awesome. But if you think about like, if Strivers walked out of this motherfucker, I would be done. I don't give a <laughs> shit. I don't care. Done. Cure for cancer? Fucking nope. tell somebody else, bro. I ain't Bye. fucking talking. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, fucking have it somewhere else. Feats don't fail me now. I'm out of here. Speaking of the Strivers, um, our 
favorite heroiness <laughs> is on the Striver ship, and she is the queen of the Strivers now, apparently. And they come out of the buckle right at the mother planet as well. And she gets on and she's typical Beth. She's bipolar Beth and she's pleading to Mike that they need help. And then she's telling him that they can all live together. And I still love you and you still love me. And then something happens and she's telling them that the, 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 the strivers have changed in the buckle over the two years and they're going to eat me and they're hungry and they're starving. And I love the whole story arc that Beth has taken in this because it's almost as good as getting eaten by cats because Paul in, in zombie fall, Paul didn't deserve to get eaten by cats. Beth deserves to get stepped on by strivers. And he was very descriptive every little bit of it and it didn't bother me at all to hear that no not at all okay. I, rewind, I rewinded it i wanted to hear it again <laughs> <laughs> let's hear that again yeah <laughs> step on that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but you never it, he never actually says that she's dead so he can bring her back in book eight when he writes it I really prefer I he did. I thought he no. said like merciless mercifully she died like towards the end of the munching or whatever they were doing. He you did. Know? He did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah she's like, Remember, she's I listened to this like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> Cuz you're like <laughs> got to be on the show and I'm like oh crap, it's I got to Still very fresh in <laughs> but then when the one striver came on screen, they said there were pieces of Beth he stepped over. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pieces. Yeah. Okay. I knew he stepped yeah. over her, but I didn't know there was pieces of her. No, still, there's still the there, other Beth. The, the other Beth is there, yeah. That's oh true. shit, that's right. There's two oh, Beths now. Well, they didn't mention anything about her. But no, no, they didn't. Right? They did. Wait, though. wait, um, yes, they at did. the end, yeah, at the Paul end, did? said he's gonna put her in like a psychiatric hospital or something. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Which hopefully the bitch gets some help. I mean, what are you gonna do? But I was excited when she died, and um. I also, I I don't know what the hell happened, but I guess it makes sense because the strivers were saying they're uh, they're they're um, advanced in their technology and everything. But with all the buckle jumping and everything, trying to catch up to the ship that Mike's in. Now, if I'm not mistaken, aren't they both um in on um about to be at the Pegarian planet? Everybody's at the at Aridinian at this point. Yeah. Yeah, so they're at the same place, and 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 I'm, I'm sorry, I was elated when Beth looked distraught when she came over the screen. I said, "Yeah, bitch, get it." Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anybody who anybody who chooses to live with spiders is psycho. I mean, I, that already like come on. Mm. Right. Like that. Mm -hmm. I love that it was. I love that Mike let the the Rhodesians go down to the Progerian planet, and like mm -hmm. the buffet is open. Have mm -hmm. at it. These they screwed you over. Here's your revenge. Enjoy. You know. And he picked them back up again. Yeah. Yeah. And I also gonna, found it. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, and they're gonna live in Russia or the Yucatan or wherever the hell that Yukon. Yukon. Yeah. Yukon. yeah. yeah. Where yeah. it's cold, which is fine. I, Keep them in the cold. I, I, I found Is it, it the Yukon by Alaska? Yeah, it's yeah. up there in Canada. Canada, right? Oh, is it Canada? Oh, Russia's so next maybe to Alaska. Yetis. Yeah, to Sarah Palin, you can see Russia from Alaska, so they're, they're right next. <laughs> <to you. laughs> 
Man, it's been a hot minute since I heard that name. <laughs> Not long enough. Yeah. <laughs> Never long enough. <laughs> but I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. Like I think the level of contradiction that the Pajarians face, um, just period. Like they always try to use intellect above everything else, and they complete. And their biggest problem is that they never took into consideration empathy or mm -hmm. emotions, and that was their absolute downfall. Like it may have helped them rise to power, like in certain aspects. Like like I need to keep dominating. I need to keep dominating. I don't care about the planet. I need to keep dominating. But the fact that they never took in empathy or emotions has been their complete downfall because as soon as Mike gets to there and they're communicating with the planet, like when Mike gets on their level and it's like, oh, you're not listening, destroy a city. Yep. Oh, you're not listening, destroy a city. Yeah. Like, how do you like, and then, but the Vajarians are consistent. We haven't done anything to you. What do you mean? You've done it to how many planets already? Like, you're mm -hmm. like, yep. we're, the next, we're the next one. Like, you're just mad because I've seen it before you guys decided to be, like, you guys are on our, on your way to Earth now. No, wait, they already hit Earth once, right? And then mm -hmm. they're coming back. And then they're coming, yeah, you already hit Earth once now, bitch. Now, right. no, now, that, we're, now that we're at your doorstep, now you want to have conversations. And I'm just like, what do you, like, it shows their cowardness. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like it just shows how big of a coward they are because it's like, oh, you can't step on my home turf. We can bring it to you and right. y'all can deal with it there, but how dare you come to our planet and mess with everything over here? And they're consistently trying to like uh uh reconcile with, with Mike, like, no, don't do it. Da, da, da. And Mike's like, nah, I'm destroying all your shit. I don't care. And I love I love that about the entire end, end part. I love that. There's there's also the part of Mike that knows like before he kind of snaps it's you know a part of him doesn't want to do it because it's all that life on that planet like innocence keep innocent not people innocent progerians that he, like he uh i think he mm -hmm. mentioned that they're what they were innocent but because they didn't do anything about it it made them guilty and that in the end is what made him finally decide to push that button i think it's it like saying innocent aztecs explain i don't understand that reference <laughs> Me neither. aztecs oh um the aztecs slaughtered Forty thousand people in three days to sacrifice to their gods. They were known as the. Uh, I mean, they were a super aggressive, like very most super hated mm -hmm. in their part of South America. So, like, gotcha. When the Spain Spaniards came mm -hmm. over, there was only three hundred of them. They were like, "Hey, cool, we're gonna we're gonna fight these Aztecs." And everybody was like, "Bet I got you," because those fuckers are badass, and I fucking hate them. Like, they'd be <laughs> eating kids, they'd be killing people just to murder. Like, they'll capture ten of us, and they all ten of us are dead. So everybody in um, South America was like, yeah, fuck those Aztecs. We'll take all 300 of your asses and your smallpox rather those fucking Aztec people. So, yeah, I mean, fuck them. All right. Aaron doesn't like Aztecs, everyone. That's what we got out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Aztecs were bad. Aztecs were the progerians yeah. of the uh, the. Yeah. The Apparently, world. yeah, yeah, that's the correlation. I just don't fucking hate Aztecs. I just, uh, you know what I mean? Like, fuck those people. You know what I mean? You've been pieces of shit your whole life. If you're gonna, we, if we leave all of this right now, all of you guys are murderers because what's going to the house? So, I get what them. you're saying. I get what you're saying because it's like Mike is taking into consideration, like, um, like, like essentially your ruling party is the one making these decisions, but then I feel bad for killing the teachers, the nurses, and the truck drivers, and the, the people that are work, the construction workers. Like, I feel bad for killing them, but at the end of the day, fuck y'all. Like, mm -hmm. it's at the end of, like, I, and trust me, I get it. 
I get it. Like, I'm like, I, I, I get it. Like, I, I appreciate the consideration. So you're not heartless, but I understand why you did it. Like, I mean, when people go to war, they don't care who they're killing. They're just trying to get more mm. numbers. And yeah. it doesn't, like, at the end of the day, it's your government. It's your, 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 uh, your people in power that made these decisions. And I'm not the one to hear, like, don't nobody got time to be sorting out who's, who's good and who's not, you know? And I, I, again, I get it. And it just, it's a cleaner, faster, it, it was the best way for him to go about it, unfortunately. It's Return of the Jedi. All those innocent contractors working on the the new Death Star were, were casualties to, I, of war and got destroyed. I swear to God, I'm going to watch whatever Star Trek, Star Wars shit so I can understand. Nate, <laughs> Nate, that's a movie. He's talking about a movie. Yeah. <laughs> what? I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I I I heard references that I didn't know about, so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna just. They I'm just gonna... re-released Return of the Jedi in theaters, so go see it. I've seen Star Wars. Oh, okay. That young. <laughs> Wait, the old the old Star Wars or? Yeah, I've seen uh, the first, the nine, the original. All nine of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Everybody's got Disney Plus. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's quite. I bought in, Disney Plus because I've been I specifically binged it because I'm like, oh, these everybody says these movies are so good. I'm gonna watch them. They were honestly overrated. Mm -hmm. First three were very overrated. Which three? The first three. The first, the original trilogy. Overrated? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Where's the, the where's the, the button to boot me yeah, out of this out of this group here? How can uh, you say that, Nate? <laughs> <laughs> they started the whole thing. It's I I I understand where you're coming from with it because you've heard so much about it over the years that it couldn't possibly live up to the hype of it. True. But what it was when it first came out, no one had ever seen anything like that before. Yeah, this like this motherfucker grew up with Marvel and shit. Like there's no way Star yeah. Wars from, that was made in the eighties is gonna impress him. Like, right. like, mm -hmm. <laughs> in the, especially in the seventies. I mean, it, he redid them a couple of times, but it's, yeah, it was groundbreaking no for what it was at the time. Yeah, yeah you you're in the to, back like, of the yep. station wagon at the drive-in theater and seeing this for the first time. It's yeah, like, you're mind blown. You're like, holy mm -hmm. shit, how big is that ship in the opening scene? <laughs> right? It's huge. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then Spaceballs made it even huger. Mm -hmm. well, uh, <laughs> May the Schwartz be with you. Yeah, uh, exactly. Nate, uh, that's a movie. Spaceballs. Oh, well, see it. Spaceballs. We're gonna give Nate a list of all the movies he needs to watch. I've been I've wanted to, but it's not on any streaming service. Spaceballs isn't? No, I don't think no. so. Oh, you need to watch that. I'm it's surprised they didn't put it on Hulu when they what is did that? Uh, the new history of the world. Is that Mel Brooks? Yeah. Probably on Britbox, right? Yeah. Probably. Probably. Everything is always somewhere available, you know, rented for yeah. $2.99. You know, do, so do what I, we had I, to I'm do. Go to the video store, see if it's in, and when it's not, <laughs> uh, go home and then hey man, your phone I'll number and have to go back bus three bus days bus later bus. to pick it up. I'll just run mm -hmm. on the and run to <laughs> Kids nowadays are so spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So back to the oh, sorry, back to the story. So yes. Mike just got done fucking up Aldinia and the uh rhodesians are down there getting and if i'm not mistaken the rhodesians go down there to um uh rescue some more rhodesians that are down there correct yeah 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 okay 
Okay, so he's down there, and they're going down there freeing her. And I could, oh my, I, uh, I wouldn't have minded a good 15, 20 minutes of like, um, on a, what's, what's her name? Torch, Torch's, uh, uh, mindset, uh, what, what she's doing down Tabor. there. It's kind of just, it was like down there and then back. Oh, like Tabor. Tabor, yeah. Tabor, yeah. I wouldn't have minded a good 20 minutes of like, what the hell, the, 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 the craziness Tabor was breaking down there. Cause I mean, they're, they're, they're amazing creatures. Like even when uh, Mark was describing how they move around and stuff like that, I would not have minded listening to a little bit of like, the, the havoc that they wrecked down there. I had a feeling they were part striver in some way because they can communicate telepathically. Or is it One just bit. all intelligent life out in space? They have no need for words. They can just speak telepathically. Right. So, yeah, I, mean, I would say. Aryans couldn't. Well, they're not that intelligent. They think they are, but they're not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think that. Um, with uh progerians and um uh the uh, uh a lot of cultures they believe that um just period um when you raise to a certain level of vibration like there's a vibration on the entire world like everything vibrates okay that's how you can be able to see things okay basic science whatever get into it but um when you get to a certain vibrational level you don't necessarily have to speak. It's like if you're talking telepathically, that's how psychics are able to communicate with like other entities or different like energy levels. So it's something that you can interpret yourself. And that's essentially what they're doing. Like people that are mediums, they're able to interpret the energy that is coming, that is um, being projected to them or that mm -hmm. they can feel or empath. Like a lot of people are empath nowadays. They're really identifying in that type of a uh, criteria. They're like, I can feel what other people are feeling. Essentially they're reading their vibration and they're able to interpret it. So that in its sense is telepathic communication. But to them, it's like literal thought processes and clear sentences. So it's, it's a little bit more advanced than what uh, people nowadays can do, but it's essentially the same thing, just more advanced. All right, I just learned some Similarly shit I did now, not know. It's when your wife looks at you in that one way. <laughs> you know, you're, you're you, in the doghouse, you you're, you're done. You're right? fucking you done. You're fucking done. I can do. The one yeah, my wife always looks at me like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, they did say that the uh, Rhodesians were modified. So just like um, mm -hmm. uh, Mad Jack had the Striver brain fluid injected into him. Is there a chance they took Striver and put it into the Rhodesians to modify them to that? Because after they um, get freed to the Yukon, they start after years, they start losing those special skills. I think oh, they were right. they ended up being bred out. They ended up being bred out after they were able to repopulate and like, you know, generations going down, they ended up um losing, which could have communicated that uh, that essentially the Rhodesians were uh, like a lower big quotations like lower uh type of creature like the strivers were before they um all this shit happened where they had to advance they absolutely had to advance you know what i mean so they had to like push their intelligence to a whole different level so they can try to fight back and survive so i think with the um with the rhodesians now that they're able to chill and there's nothing that's like i mean the rhodesians are probably tip top of the food chain they don't have mm -hmm. to worry about anything so now it's like we just get to live and I was like, okay, yeah, so yeah, so my grandson can't speak telepathically. I'm cool with that. Now we have a language. Like, I think that's, yeah. Rhodesians living the good life. That the, the Yucatan, Yukon's there, Florida. That's where they retire to. Yeah. Until actually, they I, meet the Yetis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they could take a Yeti on. I think, Venom or not, I think they could take a Yeti on. 
could use them in Devil's Desk. Facts. Yeah. That, that book was hilarious. So um, if you were to continue the story, and I'll go one by one, um, I'll give you guys a few seconds to think about this, and I'll go first. If you were to continue the story for book eight, what would how would you do it? I know everybody's thought about this when they finished it and they went, there's no way this could be the end because Mark does his big thing at the end where it's, I didn't think I was going to go more than one story. And then I got to book three and then I ended it. And then I got to, and then I continued it. And then four, five, six, and seven, just all kind of blended into one another. There definitely was a definitive ending at the end of book three. Um, so my idea um, to to continue, like I kind of said, would be Beth isn't dead. The the alien Beth, the Strivers find some way to melt her back together. And they use some kind of Jedi mind trick to make it seem like she was dead. And she's now like a hybrid Striver, evil, maniacal death bitch. Um, God, do you need to talk about that's something? Scared. Death bitch. Do you want nightmare? <laughs> what? Oh my God. An, an eight foot tall, hairy, hairy, eight legged Beth, you know? Yeah, she Mary. has all the intelligence. The visual, of man. Yeah. <laughs> Is Mary mean to you? No, Mary's very sweet. No. Carol met her. She'll, she, she, she can back me oh, up Mary. on that. Yeah. Kindred nurses. This goes back to high school. No. No. <laughs> who hurt you jeff who no. hurt you yeah, exactly. <laughs> didn't get hurt in high school everybody gets hurt in high school no kidding <laughs> married three times guys okay there's been plenty of hurting Damn. yeah you and my husband, i like i like being punished i like torturing myself um and torturing other people obviously so yeah so that that's what i think i think the strivers uh end up coming back i think the Progerians end up rallying because it, it, the 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 Tabor in them they didn't wipe them all out, and it's just a kind of a continuation of how Book Four started, where the Progerians are just so fucking arrogant and think that they just rule the world. The Progerians are the white Europeans back in the day. And it's, mm. we're going to impose our will on everybody else. And you're going to do what we say, because we're in our mind, we're the superior race, no matter what. And they just don't learn and they don't listen. And they don't, they, they don't learn from their mistakes. That's what I see. And everybody's back down, but they're living in Indian Hill, but it's now like the Indian Hill community center that was kind of like little turtle where they got, you know, the rec room in the community center where they all congregate. Mm -hmm. And you can even mm -hmm. back Jed, you know, Jed moves up to Indian Hill uh, because, you know, there's, there's only so many places on in America right now that are still viable. Mm -hmm. So that's my, my thing. Uh, why don't we go top to bottom? We'll start with Hannah. I was on top. Um, so I believe at the end of the last book, they spot some ships incoming that are unknown. Mm -hmm. And the last time we heard about the Progerians and the Strivers were that 
they wiped out what was it like 90% of the strivers, but there was still those 5% or 10% that were unaccounted for. Um, so I don't know, honestly, which way it could go if it would be the strivers took over with that 10% and all of a sudden they're coming there or the Pajarians ended up coming back and being like, hey, round whatever at this point, ding, ding, ding. Um, and I mean, obviously the mic from the timeline that they enter coming back into earth, I think that somehow obviously we know that that mike knows the other mike he calls him in to help save the world again because he's an amazing hero love mike he always does these wonderful things with all the characters that like d he knows about d and d knows about him so i think d would come back with them and go take on whoever's coming in would be a cool twist if it was the rhodesians coming back or like other ones um maybe feeling like who knows maybe um they thought that earth was keeping them captive and doing stuff to them and uh, who knows but i've thought about this like a few different paths yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. summer what about you so we know that we have a president mike right as we mm -hmm. leave that and then he says get mike on the phone which means paul has either stepped aside and is no longer the leader of the free world. I know he's kind of knocked down mm -hmm. or he's gotten Beth the help she needs. She needs. So shit has hit the fan is why he's going, get me Mike. These things that are coming in, I'm guessing somehow Beth played along like she's fine, but she is somehow still communicating with those GD strivers. Oof. And that's what's coming in now. That's that's just kind of a thought I I had, you know. And then we also have what um, they have a new kid, so we also have another child that they're now having to bring in. All of a sudden, you're going to have what a, a a Mike and what Nicole is the child this time. Yep. Yeah. The previous yep. child is Travis. They so had two. They had Nicole, and she's pregnant with Justin. So we got to make sure they don't end up dating. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Luke and Leia. <laughs> you know, so there's all of this that's going to come together. And it's like how that these worlds are going to collide. Beth's mm -hmm. still going to be there. It's going to be the original Beth, but she's still going to be just as cray cray as the one that was torn up. And Paul, who knows where the heck he's going with this. But I think his ego is not going to let him. Um, I think his ego is going to be not it, back up. However, Mike ended up being president or leader of the free world. Paul had to step aside. So that's going to hurt his ego as much as he loves his brother from another mother. And he's going to, again, fall for Beth's BS. He's going to believe her. He's going to think she's going through this stuff. But they're going to mm -hmm. do another strike for leadership. But that's my opinion. All right. Love that. Bjorn, how about you? <clears throat> Get your tinfoil hats ready. <laughs> here we go so we know that beth was getting help from paul because he stepped down as the leader and let mike be the leader of the free world until some government was established um peter pender now mad jack was injected with a striver uh brain serum and we find out about the imminent arrival and president mike says get me the other mike 
at the very end of the book. So my conspiracy theory is that Beth is just going to conform to the psychiatric help just to play along with Paul to get him, get him off of her back. And she's going to sneak around and go see the logs that the other Paul saw. Cause I don't know if you remember what that Paul said, he saw himself die in the videos yeah, yeah. from the Sentinel. And she's going to see, you know, what she might could have had with the strivers. And I'm sure they have it documented somewhere that there's still 10% missing Ooh. from the planet. And I, I'm sure cause we're idiots humans. Anyway, we got to document everything. She's going to find out that mad Jack has the striver serum injected into him. And I think that's going to have some communication and those are the strivers coming back. So I'm hoping that's how it plays out, but only Mark knows. All right, Nate. What about that? Uh, personally, I don't think Beth is going to be involved. I hope that he'll elaborate more on what happened in distance, like what the happening was. If, I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, more of like why that there was prisons there, like on distance. That's really all I, I would like to see is that. Plus, just a continuation of everything. Like bridging the gap between Indian Hill and distance. Yeah, because a lot of it wasn't explained. Mm -hmm. Amber? All right. Put your seatbelts on. <laughs> I think that the Pajarians realize that um, they need to convince somebody else on planet Earth that they're there for the greater good. And stroke somebody's ego in the fact that hey we're better but we are going to take over but help planet earth and an underground bunker that is ruled by the one and only fucking to know they offer her great power and she has no choice but to fall into the hands of the Pajarians. And she just fucks up my life. <laughs> Good call. I didn't even think about you know. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I was a little upset she wasn't in this one. I'm like, come on, you gotta have fucking to know in there at one point. Uh, just a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. Carol. Oh boy, I gotta be laughing. <laughs> I know, and I'm thinking I just finished this like 15 minutes before we started. Um so I didn't think a lot about that. So it's fresh when the it sees that the new ships are incoming. Like, where did your mind go with it? Mine went to the strivers. Definitely went mm. to the strivers. I didn't think about Beth so much. I do like Summer's whole thought behind this. Um, and I, I actually, Bjorn's ideas are really good too. So I think it could take sort of a combination of everybody's ideas. It's uh I don't know. I'm I'm one of those people that never reads the the caption of what the next episode will be about because mm -hmm. I don't want to know. I'd rather be surprised. Where my husband wants to read it and see what's going to happen, and I'm like, don't tell me about it. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I had not really given it a ton of thought. I like okay. to be surprised. All right, Aaron. What You're about you? Uh. It all depends on, so you read Indian Hill as a standalone, you can just continue the story and you get like the little hints of the tryptoverse, but um, the way Mark's writing's been, so, all right, I'll do two different scenarios. There's a, you, you, you get Indian Hill and you get the ships showing up 
and you get Mike, hey, call Mike, you know, both are on the phone, you get that, and then whatever, maybe some people show up that they like, maybe some people show up they don't like, you know, you've set this up, so maybe you get a little bit of a war, but I think it's a quick one, and whatever happens causes them to have to find somewhere else to populate, so they go to a different planet to try to maybe create just more ground you know square footage because the you know everybody messed everything up in certain parts and then these people show up you know maybe they ruin things so um you got some you know something to make it to where you've got to figure out how to populate another world so then they got to get another ship and you know bt's got to help him find another three or four friends to you know murder by the end of that book that we can all cry and bitch and moan about um and then Damn, it's, you're uh, honest, you know sir yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So BT you know, said he um, wants to be a, a ship captain. Mm -hmm. Oh, he did. Yeah. Yep. Which is quite get, interesting uh, to see. You know, you get a, you get the, you get the, the girlfriend, the wife, Mike's sister, that's cooking terribly, and of course, he wants to get the hell off Earth. So, um, you know, lots of reasons there. Or you go with the route that Mark seems to be doing with Zombie Fallout and tying them in as his like linchpin, and then you go. You know, Trip and Mike roll up to the other two mics and they're like, bitch, get in the van. We got to go save the rest of the universes. And then, you know, Trip's rolling a blunt and everybody's fucking, everybody's high. And then they, they, they trip through the trip diverse into, um, bump it into distance, you know, have a little bit of fun all the way around. So I think there's, I think there's room, especially with where Mike's at, Mark's at in his writing right now. I think it more goes into like the multiverse instead of staying so, you know, in the middle of Indian Hill. Because everything else, like you get to the end of like Demon Fallout Zombie, um, you know, uh, uh, Lycan Fallout, Demon Fallout. You get to the end of other things and it starts more incorporating some of the other universes and more of the other uh, mm. uh, conversations that he has. So I think that that's kind of where it goes but i'd really like to if, if, if he wrote another one i'd love to see it more inclusive to just indian hill but i think that the way mark's writing right now it's going to have more of a trip diverse kind of feel to it mm -hmm. yeah like it's going to force you to read the other um the other books Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and i think i have a before we finish out i have a really yep. random question that i want your guys's opinion on since you guys have read like all of the uh Mark books, me and my wife are talking about this this morning. Um, so when we're done with this segment, I have a, I just have a random question that I want your guys' two cents on. Okay. Yeah, I definitely think we should tie. It would be interesting to have one book. Shrouded World kind of did that a little bit, but have one story, even if it's a standalone story, that they pop in and out of all the other stories. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like an end game type of thing where it's, we go back to the beginning. We go to the zombie. There's a piece of every story that he does where you can insert kind of a time jump type of mm -hmm. scenario where you would have to say, shit, I got to read, you know, Callus Rose to know what the hell he's talking about in this and then go over to spirit clearing and just something random that ties the entire thing all in together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My opinion. I'm not clever enough to do that, so I won't even begin to touch and think about how to do that. But, you know, they're, they're, the edibles are now more powerful than ever and more potent and safer. So I'm sure whatever Mark was on when he wrote a majority of those, <laughs> it would definitely what, work. What's that, what's that movie that was in like the uh, 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 early 90s? It was like a rock star that was the main wizard guy who like was over like a whole bunch of guys. Labyrinth. 
Thank labyrinth. you. Oh, I, feel like, I feel like Mark's fucking mind is a labyrinth. The fucking stairs where she couldn't figure out what the hell is going on. Like that. That, mm-hmm. that in my mind is like how I feel like these stories are going. It's like it can go any way, and you might end up end up on the right path. But then there's so many other different paths that you can go and figure out how it's going to end up, and it's just phenomenal the entire way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, David Bowie, Labyrinth. There we mm-hmm. go. I love Goblin King. Yeah, yes. Jennifer. I never I loved, liked that movie. It was creepy, but it was. I feel like it was a must watch. Like for our age, it was a must watch. Yeah. Yeah. And Jennifer Connelly mm. was cute back then with her one eyebrow. Okay. So my All right, random So what is your my, yeah, what is your thing? My random question, you guys. All right. So I'm reading uh the Night Lord series. I just started and I just finished the first book. Okay. What now we it? all know that night the Night Lord uh series. Oh, okay. I was actually just gonna bring that up. Yeah, I just <laughs> I well. just read the I just finished the first book and um if you haven't started it yet, it's a lot but it's still very interesting. I think you'll like it. Um, mm. It is, so obviously Eric is the vampire that Mark ends up seeing eventually in um, ZF, okay? So me and my wife were actually thinking in the Night Lord book, he actually describes how he can travel to uh, different uh, worlds. Like no problem, it's damn near no problem for him to travel through worlds. But the world that Eric originally comes from he is there's com, there's internet there's computers there's it's it's pretty late in the world like it's probably like late 2000s okay do you think that the original world that the that eric came from before he transferred to the other worlds and went over do you think that might have been the vf world that mike was from or a different reality that mike was from and then eventually as he's going through his life because he, he goes through a lot of shit, and even in the first book, then eventually he just travels to a random uh, world, and then he meets up with Mike at that random world while he's saving his curiosity about zombies. I'm gonna let somebody else answer that question because I, I don't know. I read the thing about Eric once, and he was in and gone, and totally forgot all about that whole thing until you just. Oh, it's cr- when you read Night Lord, it's fucking crazy. Is Night Lord another Mark book, or is that a is that a collab? It's a different art. It's a different um author, but Sean Burnett. The uh, author narr- is Garen Whited. Okay. Yeah, but it's narrated point, by Sean Burnett, so at, that's why I at, listened to it. At some point, I've heard that um they do merge realities. Um, I don't know how because Mark is not the author, but at some point they do talk about how um they re- that they merge. So I'm just the, hmm. one book is like 30 hours on audio, on audio, audible. Jesus, that's cameo. a Game of yeah, Thrones cameo. length book. That's 36 hours and 49 cool. minutes with my one credit. Yeah, <laughs> that's getting your money's worth. <laughs> I wanted to ask something too. Um, when something I thought about during this whole series, especially in the last book with the time bubble and all of the science behind that the fact that mark wrote that like how does he know all of this like what research did he do to to be able to make it even sound legitimate because i'm like is that is that for real like is he does he actually know this probably sci-fi movies (laughs) a lot because it's very like Mm -hmm. a little ashwagandha in there 
<laughs> he lives, he lives in the middle of nowhere, Maine. He's got a lot of time to think of shit. <laughs> is my is my guess. <laughs> but he okay, made the what... smart people sound really smart based off of the terminology that he wrote. And I thought that it was an incredible testament to how he writes well, the books. author. Yeah, yeah, he probably exactly. researched quantum physics terms and stuff like that. So hey, can we really just truly really appreciate Mark real quick? Because yeah, the man literally yeah. put out uh two ZF books back to back, and then he put out uh Shores of Despair is about to come out soon. And then right after that, Light Can Fall Out, it just put on pre-sale. So if you don't have it pre I already got already. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just did that today. So this man's mind just has to be going nonstop, or he's eating edibles nonstop because I couldn't. <laughs> I could not comprehend. Both can happen. Yeah. I've never <laughs> had an edible do that. But... And other authors <laughs> wait years to get another book. Yeah. This mm. man's pumping yeah. them out. Yeah. And, yeah. And they're getting better. His books are not lacking for the no. fact they're, that they yeah. wrote them so fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they have a cult following. Like I remember, I don't know if you guys ever, um, I think in one of the books, Mark actually references, and this is one of the re- reasons why I jumped onto ZF because my wife started the series before I did. And I was like, I don't know how you guys all be the vampires and fucking pop turds in one book. That doesn't even make sense. Like I'm like, why would I read something like that? And <laughs> now look at me. Um, and, um, they had reference of Planet of the Cave Bear, um, and one of the characters in the book, uh, Broom. And Clan of the Cave Bear was one of the first books that um, when I'm, I'm 30, my birthday is fucking Saturday, so I think I'm 35 or 34. But um, happy uh, birthday like, early. Thanks. Thank you guys. Um, my dad got the first Clan of the Cave Bear book when um, he found out my mom was pregnant with uh, me and my sister. And uh, we're twins. And um, he still has the original book that he got at a yard sale randomly. And it was the first book that I actually read that was not like a... I was into like just random fiction books. I wasn't into anything that was like, uh, uh, I, I, would, I, I wanted to hear people's stories, but I didn't want to read something like that. I thought it was really weird. When I read the first chapter, I thought I was reading the Bible because they're describing uh, 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 caveman times. So it's back in like caveman times that are describing like the, um, the, the um, uh, territory and stuff like that. Um, so that was the first book my dad had got. My dad was like, Hey, you should read this book. It's something different. And I cried at the end of the first plan of the cave bear. Cause you get it so attached to the characters. I remember, um, granted I was born in 1988. My dad got the first book before I was born. He knew, I was, he knew my mom was pregnant. So he um, knew I was born when I was 23 or 22. The last book of the series came out. And I'm like, there's no way. There's no way I would have waited that 20-something year gap to get the final book. But for me, I was I was lucky because I didn't start reading it until I was like 20. So by the time the last book came out, they had like revamped the entire series and you were able to buy like all of them all at one time. Mm-hmm. And I like, so when um, Mark referenced um, Clan of the Cave Bear, I'm like, okay, yeah, now I really got to read it. Because my wife was like, oh, don't you know, you know about this book? Because I read that series a bunch of times. And she was like, oh, you know about this book? And I'm like, oh, he references Planet of the Cave. I love that. All right. So, you know, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. Let me see what the zombie fallout is all about. <laughs> and it was really good. <laughs> so there's two of you out there? Yeah, I do have a twin sister. Wow. Damn, I was stuck on the same shit. I was like, damn. <laughs> there is. There. We're all she's, ready. She's a lot, she's a lot more mellow than me. She's not as eccentric as me. Ah, okay. Is she into the stories at all too, or not at all? No, she's she's more uh modern with stuff. Like she has, she watches like a, a 
real housewives and shit. I don't even have cable. So she's more, she's more, (laughs) we're different. I'm a free spirit. She's a, she's more of a factory worker type cow. Ah, there you Mm -hmm, go. mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we lost Nate. Nate went to go watch some 80s pop culture movies, I'm guessing. (laughs) Love that for Nate. Or the bathroom, one or the other. So who knows? But um, (laughs) anything, uh, any last thoughts? about the series Nate's back about um the Indian Hills series that we didn't touch base on that uh you guys would like to to talk about or any final thoughts yes I do actually okay Um, I just want to say that these last two books six and seven are I think some of Mark's best writing like out of all his series and books and stuff I think like six and seven were some of his best work Mm mm-hmm it was nonstop action. Like I've probably re-listened to them way too many times, like four or five, six times. And every time that's still good. I think it's some of the best writing. Yeah. They definitely come out of the shoot, uh, you know, guns are blazing right mm-hmm. away with the, with you guys the ever seen that, um, that gif of the guy writing on paper and the papers on fire. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah. Was yeah. Writing mm-hmm. the yeah. I, I think I do have to say, I think the, the best part about it, like, because I went to Indian Hill after I finished VF, I love how hard Mike and BT just, like, there was really no rhyme or reason why Mike and BT ended up being, like, such close friends, like, really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved, I loved that fact. Like, just how quickly them two became, like, best friends. And, like, after D passed, um, BT was just always there. And I, I'm not going to lie, I think a part of me just, like, D swore himself to Mike. Like from the rip, he swore himself to Mike to always protect him. Mike was, I mean, D was always there to pull him back when he was about to get shot or beheaded. And I think that a part of D felt like it was okay to sacrifice himself because BT clearly an honorable opponent because when they had just got done fighting before um, all this shit happened, like Mm -hmm. D, like his respect for BT, like really up. And I honestly, I honestly don't think that if, I think if BT wasn't a character, I don't think D would have fought um oh boy i don't think he would have you think he would have put the the grenade between the two of them even if he would have fought him i think he would have actually like um killed him or let mike because there was a there was a second where mike was gonna go in and he saw d shake his head Mm -hmm. so i think i think that if bt wasn't a factor i think that um d would have like um been dishonorable and like didn't honor the one-on-one fight i think he would have let mike interfere and so he could be there to protect him. But I felt like he really felt like BT got it back. Yeah, he knew that Mike was going to be okay without him because he had BT. Yeah. So mm-hmm. D did the Apollo Creed Rocky Four thing where Rocky was going to throw in the towel fighting Drago. And he went, you know, nope, leave it. And then he died. So, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Anybody else? I'd like to say that I enjoyed the fact that there's no, like, even though Mark and Mike never, Mark, Mike, same person, um, ever, like, put themselves on as Captain America, you know, the 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 genuine, you're going to love every decision that he makes protagonist, mm-hmm. you still, like, kind of always have that feeling like, oh, Mike's going to do the right thing, the Mike's going to do the right thing, and there's just so many times in this book where, they make such human flawed decisions and you're like, I, that's why I'm really going to like, I don't not only just connect with this guy. Like I, 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 I wish I could, even if I don't, don't reason like he does, like now I understand why. And I'm probably going to go say fuck you to my boss tomorrow because of it. You know what I mean? Like you just kind of like, 
you feel like you know what i mean like you know what you, you can you can feel how you how he feels but he doesn't always make the right decision or the decision you would make or the decision that the the genuine a you know atypical protagonist would make and you mm -hmm. appreciate it you just like like you know what fuck those aliens up on that planet go eat all of them i don't give a shit well i gotta give them their their revenge too that's not the vanilla answer to say to anybody you know but when you see it you're like that guy right there exactly so i can appreciate that he's not he's a flawed protagonist in most of uh mark's stories and especially in this one you know there's so many people make bad decisions you're like i don't know how this clusterfuck's going to get it together but then you know you just you just appreciate how it is and so it's just well written and well put together and you can appreciate when people make mistakes like they do yeah indian hill is definitely my fate i mean I, like i've said before I, I i love zombies stories all day all night but indian hill is my favorite series out of all this and if i didn't have to binge listen every book for every week's show I'd probably listen to Indian Hill one more time again. I and I probably will before, you know, during the break. Um, I don't know if you guys heard last week, I gotta take a couple of weeks off um for some video editing jobs that I got coming up that I gotta that's gonna take my attention. So we're gonna pick back up in June with the rest Ooh, of the that. uh the series. Probably gonna do uh we're gonna go jump into distance um after that, probably the when I get back from vacation in June. But I definitely wanna listen to Indian Hill again because i just i love this story and mm -hmm. i think it's it it's such a bit of history how you know kind of like how the west was one type of thing where the progerians are the europeans and they're coming in and they want to make everybody their own thing and then you get the 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 genos were the slaves and they fought back and they kicked the master's ass and then you get Mike, who is just the, the it's just kind of like, it's a little bit of everything all sandwiched into one. And I, because I'm a big history buff, so I think it it, it kind of resonated home with me, but it's in a sci-fi realm that I really like as well with the whole, you know, being a Star Wars fan. He kind of took elements of everything and sandwiched it all into this one series. And that's what really hit home with me. And that's what I really like about it. Yeah, I got. I gotta say, um, uh, I can't even lie. Lichen Fallout has got to be my favorite. Then Indian Hill second. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, I absolutely, I, I I loved every bit of it. Like I loved how quickly it started. There was very, very, very few dull moments in the book, and even the dull moments still gave heft to the part right after it so it yeah. wasn't it, it it was it, i don't know i like my even my wife was saying she's like you know i gotta get back and say i'm like yeah please do because i would love to talk <laughs> to you about it like i would love to talk to you about it like she she didn't get into it i think she stopped listening to it um uh before he got taken up and i'm like i get it because she's not into like so, like dramas and i feel like the first couple of chapters in the first book was pretty much a teenage drama um <laughs> It's like I was like, what you get after that? What you get past that? It's fucking amazing. Yeah, and so people had trouble with that. Yes, Hannah. Um, I want to say that that was actually at the end when I learned that Mark had written this. It like started it all. He had mentioned that he yeah, had college. found it in yeah, and I it made me appreciate it so much more because that was what started it and it was Nate's reading age it a second when he started time, it. yeah so it's like i understand hey, why it started when it did and how over time you see mike mature mm -hmm. and go through these more like oh he meets tracy and like 
I really loved her in this book and agreed. Trace is a badass. Their relationship yeah, yeah. was cultivated because you don't really, I mean, you have a zeal in Lycan, um, but in Zombie Fallout, they're already married and have kids, and you hear like snippets of how they first started, but this one was like fresh. You meet Tracy when she's young, she's a badass. Um, from the rich like, to the badass. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I I loved it. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that, you know, BT was always <laughs> like saying like Mike has balls because he would say something to Tracy that he knew he would have to pay for later. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> that was always a great like added humor in like the bridge when shit would be going down. And then yeah. BT would say something. And it's just like that perfect little humor shot when everything else is tense. I thought that was um, you know, Mark just always impresses me. Little mm -hmm. things like that yeah. that I noticed I that I'm just like, this guy is so good at what he does. I'm gonna be so mad when he stops writing. Like <laughs> I hope he never stops. I hope he never fucking stops. Like I, I want him to keep on yes. going forever and ever. And I do I I do gotta say I appreciated Tracy so much more in this book because like she was be she was able to be with him through all of the and I think that's also what helped Mike's mentality in Indian Hill. Like he didn't have to make all the decisions himself. Like Tracy, like she was born into the military lifestyle. So mm -hmm. she was about that life, like from the rip. And Mike is like, all right, she was he's like, oh shit, I'm the colonel here. All right, I got this. And he's like, what should I do? Tracy? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. what, what, yeah. And I what are we doing? Yeah, and I loved it. And then there's like in ZF though, Tracy was still the boss, but there was multiple times where he had to leave and do shit without her. But mm -hmm. in, in, yeah. in this one, in this one, Tracy never left him. Like except mm -hmm. for when he was in the hospital. Like yep. that was the only time that was the only time she fucking left him. And and he was like, nah, you've been gone a week. I'm 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 out. I'm going to LA. I have mm -hmm. no idea what I'm facing, but I'm coming to get you. Like you are literally my right hand. And Tracy's a badass in every book that I've read thus far. But in this one, she just surpasses it. And I feel like that's not appreciated enough. Yeah, I a lot of times in Zombie Fallout, she was like the, hey, keep the house safe, and I'm going to mm -hmm. go save the world. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, hey, Tracy, yeah. um, you know, you're going to come with me, and we're all going to murder everybody, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's, she's a main character in every book, but I feel like in ZF, she kind of was phased out on the more adventures he would go on because... She's yeah, more of a mother. Stay home with the kids. Like, yeah, yeah, she's definitely more of a mother there, which I'm like, eh, right, this fuck, whatever. Um, <laughs> you need a Tracy standalone story. But you need, but we needed Tracy in those, in, in that role, in those, mm -hmm. in that timeline. And I mean, I really thought she was solid. Like, she was in every part of this book once she was introduced. And mm -hmm. she was, she was there during like the worst times. And it's really, I think, show, I liked the um, strength that they got from each other. I really enjoyed that part of the yeah. book. Am I the it's only mostly one? Been, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, it's most like in other books, it's um, again, besides Azeel, um, it's mostly his relationship with other male characters. Like you got mm -hmm. Trip and you got BT and tommy and so on and so forth whereas this one you know he has bt he has d but tracy's really like she's the one there at night with him and his night terrors and she's the one there in his hospital bed taking care of him i i thought that that was a great 
additive in the story and it really brought on um mike's character in a way where like yeah he can take on a whole fucking planet because he's got this he's got this wife saying yeah you can we can take on this whole planet like without Mm. her he never would have done that Mm. yeah Mm. facts plus he's a damn good pilot like i loved it yeah (laughs) can't drive for shit though yeah, I'll say, two, I'll, I'll, say two, I'll say two things. I'll say two, and she can never drive in any of the other books either. So, mm-hmm. um, but but I'll say two things to that. I think that um, Tracy was uh, definitely she she needed to be there, and I think she just kind of um, I think just another oh my god crazy thought process that Mike that Mike's mind goes through because um, is, is um, Mark ex military? Oh not yeah, Marine Corps. Not. Yeah, anybody who knows that that's been in the military, they know they have PTSD. And a lot mm-hmm. of times, either you go psycho or you have that strong ass woman that keeps your ass on track. And that was Tracy. And I think that um, possibly Mark could have like tapped into that level of like peace that Tracy like consistently brings to him um, throughout the book. And it just shows like a, just another level of strength that um, Tracy. Um, like, like just brings to him, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I was in the army and everything, but I never had, um, I never got PTSD or anything, but I'm a tourist through and through, so I'm stubborn as fuck. (laughs) And I I understand meeting a strong ass woman by your side, like, it's a different energy, it's a different mindset to just help your ass get on track and and help you be your best self. And Mm -hmm. I think that that was the solid foundation that Tracy had given Mark to, I mean, um, uh, Mike, to just allow him to be his best self through this, because Beth would have fucking folded. She would have just been there for the fucking glory. There, there would have yeah. been no woman that was just there, able to talk him at like just the this, the the way that she did what she did. Like it's it's only that feminine energy that can just coerce those words to get your ass going, what you need to do, and we'll talk mm-hmm. about this later. Like you know what I mean? Like it, <laughs> it, it was just awesome. And am I the only one surprised that Tracy never smacked the shit out of Beth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He always stepped aside. Like, even when she came to the house, it was, You have a guest. I'm going shopping. She needs to be gone by the time I get back. You know, she always, she was always this close. I feel like she knew she could fuck. I feel like she knew she could fuck her up. So she was just like, Nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But I know I can't. Like, Tracy wouldn't just slap her. Plus, she was Paul's wife. You can't beat the ass of the generals, the the the, the leader of, of, of the world, his wife. That's yeah, I would a, at least guarantee Tracy beat Marshall. his ass. I would at least trip the bitch. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gotta say, Indian Hill Tracy is my spirit animal. I I channel her often. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got this. I love yeah. her in this she series. Was, yeah, she's she amazing. Was definitely she's awesome amazing. in this in this series. So definitely lioness energy all day. Yep. Yeah, she had all the other female heroines from a lot of Mark's other series is like all rolled into one. Like she was the shooter, she was the decision maker, she was the fighter, she was the one to do what everybody wanted to do whenever it was supposed to be a calm situation. So you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's 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 all the parts. So now that I I've read this, I I see like in other books, like, oh, since he doesn't have a Tracy with him, like in this book, like these are the the little projections of Tracy that, you know, probably Mark, you know, wants to, you know, uh, you know, appreciate in his other books. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, well, everybody, I want to thank you all 
for your part in uh in this episode as well as you know coming back coming coming back on in the episode you guys are on is that a book of moxie that's moxie so i asked my because i'm an idiot my sister lives in florida and i'm like hey that's east coast do you have this soda pop called moxie can you send it to me yep so my sister i don't think she i think she just was like okay pretty girl pretty girl here i'll just send you something she <laughs> case and it like says box from maine yep uh that's awesome you're just showing us this now an hour and a half into the show i would have opened with that seriously for all i know with my sister there's a chance there's underwear in here or something so hold on you haven't even opened it yet this is exciting I know. Yeah, I'm really we're doing like all this together. Hair package. Okay, so apparently they flattened Shout the box. Shout out to Summer's that's, sister. That's the case that it came came in. All right, so you it's, have to physically try one. It's warm, but oh wow, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Have you my, ever had it? No, my husband put it into the refrigerator for me. Okay. Oh, but I have ice. Ice. All right, let's do Just it. Make this sure you don't spit it out onto your camera. Know, but it was nice talking to everybody. Uh -huh. oh, All right, Nate, face. thank you very much, buddy. Take it easy. Go watch a movie, Nate. This is a big reaction. <laughs> very foamy. Very so must be Just yeah, chug it. Just chug it. Chug it. Okay. No, don't actually um, chug it. That was a lie. That would be a mistake. Imagine you're a 10 foot tall Unitarian. Channel your inner Gervais Do that to you. I like you. <laughs> what is that? I Do you have 11 cans too many now? Yeah. <laughs> 11 and a half. Describe it. It has all these suds, but it's flat. <laughs> okay. Do you remember in like, okay, I'm Catholic. When I, okay, before Christmas, we'd make these stupid decorations where it's an orange and you put cloves into it. It tastes like the smell of a clove. Yeah. Okay. I get where you're going with that. I used to smoke. I used to be a smoker. It reminds me of an ashtray. Not a fan. No, he will not be okay. sponsoring this. No, no sorry. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it just tastes like really really flat, cheap cheap soda that isn't even like Walmart soda. I <laughs> well, you can I, save it for when you meet a Gino when, when you have companies, life, you know, right? Or when I need to clean car parts. Yeah, you bust up the good stuff. Get the rust off your. Shine all your pennies. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so. I have cotton mouth without the marijuana. <laughs> That's where you went wrong. Should have led to marijuana. <laughs> that is the perfect spot to end this mm. episode, guys. Thank you all so very much. Summer, oh good God. luck with your eleven cans of Moxie that you don't know what have anything mm -hmm. to do with them. And a book. No. And a book of Moxie. And book. A book of a book of Moxie. Don't drink any more. You won't go to bed tonight. Yeah. Happy, happy birthday, pages. Amber. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yes, happy, happy birthday. birthday, and to your sister. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye. Night, everybody. 
You have been listening to the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. Copyright to... Our theme song, Zombie vs. Aliens, was written brilliantly by Burnt Ends. The Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast, is a production of Chestnut Hill Studios, and no part of this production can be reproduced, reproducted... The show was written, produced, hosted, mastered, and edited by Jeff Royd's technical advisor, Mary Napoli. If you like the show, please give us a five-star rating and a review. It does help other people find the show. Thank you very much for listening in. As always, if you have not done so, download or buy the books of Mark Tufo. You will not regret it. Well, you might regret it. I don't want to make false promises. I can't, you know, I don't know everybody's taste or anything like that. But just go do it. Thank you. Thank you.